0: Yeah. Actually the entire time like the entire run of this show, my mum's been away and you know, I live with my mum. Wait, uh, do I want to say that? <laughs> Why do I like, I okay. not think my family um, do,
1: so
2: And so do I. It's Yay. okay. <laughs> All unmarried <American laughs> normal for live, live with our parents. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed about. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Michael, you can you only live live know. Okay? <laughs>
1: Sorry. Basically, I said Michael B. Doran does it too, so it's cool now. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Although exactly. he did clarify
0: he doesn't live with his mum, his mum lives with him. Oh, that's just because
1: everybody kept, like, bugging him about it. But oh, on. people act like it's such a bad
0: thing. Uh, and then uh, things go uh, back to their parents'
2: faces. Americans are just. Americans are just. I'm sorry, guys. I apologize <laughs> for Americans. <laughs> what can I say? Can't say anything. <laughs>
0: I, 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 know, am, I am a mommy's girl, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, me too. I, it made
0: me miss my mum a lot more.
2: Hmm.
1: If I moved out from my house, I would not be able to have a dog and three cats and four fosters. I, I, that would not be
0: possible in an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> if I moved out of my house, I'd be convinced something terrible is happening to my family while I'm away. Yeah, there's
1: enough. The that's entire that's time. <laughs> Anytime I'm out of the city or on holiday, I'm I'm like, sort of low-key worrying that something's going on in my, like, something might have gone wrong. Yeah, that's like a constant stream
0: of anxiety, right? You're like, you need to be there. Yeah, because we are obviously the old ones who save them, so,
1: yeah. Mm.
0: For me, it's
2: not worry. It's just like, I spent my whole university life in a different country than my family, and I just missed them so much. And now I'm just like, I would much rather live at home. Why would I live by myself, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I stayed in the city to go it to was university lonely. so I wouldn't leave home.
2: Uh, well, I didn't really have a choice there, but <laughs> circumstances just work that way. All right.
1: So, yeah, are we done? I made the same I, I didn't want to leave yeah. the city because that would mean leaving my. Dad and
0: yeah Mm -hmm. i I would not do that so yeah yeah you're basically emma as far as i'm concerned
1: (laughs) (laughs) but with a better personality yes yeah thank
0: you thank you so much Hey, oh, I, read, read I so really liked it. Emma's personality. Oh, really? I, guess I hated
2: Emma. The first time I read Emma, I had to stop halfway through because I found her to be so, like, obnoxious no, and, like,
1: I interfering. Really? She was very young, uh, though. Like, I, I couldn't get over how young she sounded in the beginning of the novel and how much she matured by the end. So, that was really... That's what I yeah, liked about the story. So. I mean, the second time I read it, I
2: got through to the end and I enjoyed it. But, like, the first time, I was like, ugh. <laughs> and then I stopped around halfway through because she wasn't. I was willing to give her like two chapters, three chapters. And then I got to like six or seven chapters. And I was like, I'm done with you, girl. Oh, you know
0: why I like her? I like her because she's so flawed. And it's not that she's a mean girl. She's flawed. Uh, She's trying so hard to do things right, but she keeps getting things wrong. And, you know, that how relatable is that? It is. And go and... Sorry, go ahead. Um, I
1: was gonna say that she she's one of my favorite um, Austin heroines simply because well the, the other heroines aren't as flawed they are like pretty much perfect in their own way Elizabeth the most famous of them is pretty much amazing and awesome what do you want to change about her nothing like her prejudice I actually find Elizabeth was actually, more flawed than Emma well,
0: because it, it's I, I feel
2: like the thing I with Emma Elizabeth is... flawed in a more relatable way though. And more, in a more realistic way. I don't know.
0: Or no, Emma's
2: flaws are realistic
1: too. I just find
2: them more.
1: Hmm? No, so for me, for me, Elizabeth's Elizabeth's flaws are just misinformation. (laughs) Like she judges too quickly, but then society around her judges too quickly. She wasn't the only one. She's the only one amongst them who, uh, you know, uh, is open enough to seeing the other side that she eventually realizes that she was wrong. And yeah, of course, you know, Darcy pursued her and made sure she realized that he, he was, well, not the guy she thought he was. But, but she also
2: makes a serious mistake of judgment with uh, Wickham.
1: Yeah, so does everybody else. But then, yeah. she, again, she she realizes her uh, flawed view of the world and changes. So essentially, she is aspirational, right? That she can change. That, that's how Jeez. it should be. Whereas Emma is like. You you have to like shake her city and she has to go through all sorts of you know she she actually has to uh sort of deal with the consequences of her like direct consequences of actions she takes to realize that uh, you know, that she was wrong and that yeah. So I mean I think Elizabeth also faces
2: go. consequences because her family has to suffer a lot she, for what happens she, with Lydia. Yeah.
1: I mean, not directly though. She is always the blameless one. She's kind of, okay, I I clearly have
2: issues with the (laughs) business. Interesting. No, that's fine. I mean, like, like I said, I don't really like Emma. I think, I think what, like, first of all, I was in high school when I read Emma the first time. So I think I was just also like, I feel like you're more judgmental as a teenager too. But I think also, I just, the, the, like, she's so um, condescending towards other people. And it's, it's very much steeped in, like, her, like, extremely rich privilege, kind of privilege. And that privilege is what really made me. So I was just, like, really, like, stop being so pretentious and condescending to, like, <laughs> people who are, like, their lives. They have, like, real problems. And she's just, like, walking around, like, oh, my gosh, I need to, like, ma- make matches for everybody and tell them, like, how to dress and and how to talk. And I was just, like, ugh.
1: Okay, so Can I finish maybe, tonight maybe it's because, because, you. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because um, I've grown up in a more classist society where the, you know, the, the class differences are really entrenched in everyday dealings that I actually understand Emma's character better. Like she's still condescending from my perspective, but I actually understand how she may have grown up thinking that way. And her realization that she was insensitive was relatable to me because of that. Hmm. So, yeah. When okay, sam- somehow ended up in Austin world again, what, what is yeah, it long sorry.
2: <laughs> can I say one thing <laughs> before we end? Yeah.
1: Like,
2: can I say one I
0: thing? Think I said one thing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. What <laughs> you know, did you get to say one no, thing No, I just eight. wanted
2: to respond to what you said, Barama, about like having grown up in that kind of society. I think for me, that's part of the reason that I had just a strong reaction is because I used to go and visit my grandparents. Yeah. Um every year almost growing up and they live in that kind of society and they're like, you know, of the privileged class and they have servants and like, it used to always really,
1: Oh yeah. It brought me the wrong
2: way when I was growing up. And like, Uh even though I know that that's, you know, like they're good people. They've always lived that way, but it's just that system. It really, it's like one of those things that kind of like gets under my skin and kind of drives me crazy. And I don't, and I think that's like more me.
1: Like personally, the, so the, the it, privilege and the classism uh, is so entrenched. It, it's yeah. it's really hard to uh, take it out of context and still be able to understand it. But it's it's wrong. But mm. how how do good people live wrong lives? It, it's it's basically system systemic, right? It's yeah, so of course. Bad. And you can't
2: and you can't blame individuals. But it's, it's, you know, and, and like we have our own, yeah, and we have our own other different problems yeah, that are absolutely. very serious. I mean, but, but
1: in this context, you're talking about classism, and this is why I relate to Emma, because I've, I've grown up in a house full of servants and stuff, and I, I understand where she's coming from just because of that. I read yeah. an article, by the way, about this group of women in Pakistan who meet up every year, and they basically have an Austin Tea Party. And uh, they talk about how um, relevant Austin's stories are in a modern day Pakistan because uh, annually you have uh, these people flocking uh, from all over the world uh, back to uh, Pakistan just to attend like a series of weddings and that's yep. where most of the matchmaking yep. happens and stuff and it's very yep. yeah so it, it, it's very much like Austin's you know the, the, the seasons <laughs> that London uh, used to have so, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's it's relevant in certain parts of the world today, and, and especially in societies like uh, Indian and basically in South Asian societies, it's, yeah, I, I, I see I, it's more relatable to me than uh, yeah. to modern No, and I can also relate life, to it for
2: that reason, but I have a yeah. more complicated
1: kind of diasporic
2: with it, yeah. relationship with it, yeah, because okay. it's... And yeah. as I had a point. Yes, Saya, go yeah, ahead. I'm and trying to we'll...
0: get a word in edgeways, not sorry. like I gave up. Sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> you guys have gotten used to just talking to each other, so I'm just <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, go ahead. Okay. i kind of forgotten most of it now. Um, oh, yeah. And we passed those points like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so with Elizabeth, I, I think she's kind of the Regency manic pixie dream girl. Um, and that's why she's the most loved out of all of Austin's heroines. But I find her one of the most imperfect, but not in quite a good way. Because what you're saying about Emma that you don't dis- uh, that you dislike and that she's concerning and all of that, Emma gets called out on every single one in book. Lizzie does not get called out. Um, exactly. she's called out on like one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlie calls her out though in one right, conversation. Right. Uh, um, but yeah. But sh- that's all she gets. No one else yeah. criticizes Lizzie, and she's no, like true. above criticism as a heroine. And I really like in the beginning when I re- when I read *Pride and Prejudice* for the first time, um, Lizzie was my favorite character as well. Be- and you know, for us as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The experience of reading the book uh, and the experience of watching that particular ninety-five BBC adaptation—they kind of go hand in hand. Um, yes, so, I have that on DVD. In my yeah. House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We <me> <laughs> <laughs> watched it in school. It was like the best English lesson ever. Um. Uh-huh. So there's that whole the way Lizzie is pre- uh, presented. Of course, she is the central heroine of that book. But for example, as a human being, Jane is like a thousand times better. My actually favorite um uh, Austen heroine is Eleanor Dashwood. Um, and I I find Emma comes like a close second. I love Eleanor Dashwood,
2: too. She is wonderful.
0: <laughs> she is the actual yeah. um, But again, but like, she is perfect.
2: She is perfect. perfect but
0: also, yeah. It's not just that she's perfect. She's constantly challenged and goes through hardship the entire time, but Me she's never too. given any credit for it. Um, and Marianne is the one making all the noise. But I think Sense yeah. and Sensibility is a slightly different book, because in I think Marianne is a more... Uh, what is it called um, extreme version of Lizzie like an untempered version of Lizzie um, if Lizzie took, took her less noble qualities and just went
2: all the way with them she would be Marianne <laughs> yeah or if you know Kitty um, and the
1: other one uh, what was her name? Uh, Lydia. oh Lydia, Lydia. If they if, were the main if, character if, if, no no if, if, if Lydia had uh, a, a little more sense
0: mm. like, oh, you're quite right yeah, yeah, you're right. And, oh, that's you're really right. interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Are we going to turn into an Austin
1: podcast? We <laughs> <laughs> should have that. Or <laughs> a
0: Regency romances podcast. <laughs> but Ugh. um, also um, the thing with um, again, Lizzie not being called out. Mister uh, in in Emma, Mister Knightley calls Emma out, and he does it really harshly. In a way that I thought was really amazing. It wasn't simply that she was called out; it's that after she was called out, she she looked at herself and found herself wanting, and she changed. Like Mm. she genuinely changed. She she became humble.
2: And just to clarify, like I'm talking about my reaction to Emma the first time I read the book. Like I, the second time I read it, I actually appreciated her more. Like she's still not my favorite heroine, but I liked her. I liked her journey. I liked how she changed. I just when I was 14 and I read the book for the first time, I was just like, this heroine is not. And that was when I was like, Pride and Prejudice is my favorite book ever, and Lizzie is the best ever. So, like, I think with age, I've kind of become a little bit more tempered in my opinions, as we do. So.
0: I want to ask your opinion on persuasion? Except we can't go into that now because that's going to become too much. Yeah, let's do that another time. We should, totally,
1: okay, we should totally have an Austin podcast at some point, though. We do, like, we do uh, we plan to. on doing a lot of bonus um, episodes, so we should only totally have one.
2: Clearly, we should because I feel like Austin has a lot of influence on the way we love K-dramas tra- and the way oh that K-dramas yeah. have, still, well, Austin, you was- know.
0: She was writing K-dramas before they were K-dramas. Exactly. But also, exactly. like you're saying, because of our South Asianness, um, Regency sort of um, lifestyle values and mores, they're very um, they're very relevant to South Asians still. Now, whether or not okay. we're in in the homeland. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the very first time that I read *Pride and Prejudice*, and yeah, I handed it. Oh, maybe I didn't hand it straight to my sister but she she read it at pretty much the same time she's about three years younger than me so she would have been early teens as well um and we were like you know why this is like we relate to this it's not simply that we enjoy it we relate to it this is like our lives yeah (laughs) and like our white friends would not understand this they don't understand what our experience of reading austin is like
2: that's true that's true my friends didn't read Austin in High School, but... Yeah. Why wh- white, white
0: kids didn't read
1: Austin High School? Right? We read it for high school.
2: <laughs> no, we read, like, bad great American novels by white oh, dudes like, from the, the, the early rise, 20th exactly. century. Yeah, those kind of garbage books. Anyway, let's move on to the next drama. <laughs>